This is the GOAT Level Podcast with your host, the GOAT, the legend, the hero, Van Pugh. Praise the Lord. I'm back. Back once again. I'm out here. Anyway, so this show will be talking about the WNBA draft, watching 2007 OU Texas, my hypothetical game of the week, and the last dance. Of course, I'm trying to do a show the next five weeks right after the last dance. That's that's my goal. And so far, I like it. Now, I'll talk about the last dance later in the show, but so far, so good. And I think they're just warming up. Now, the WNBA draft was a few days ago. Don't remember the exact day. It was Friday. It was Friday. It was Friday. I think the key picks were, of course, Sabrina Nescu. She got the Kobe stamp, and she's been the best player in the country all year, and she's pretty much been hyped ever since she got out of high school. And honestly, she got my attention when she chose to go to Oregon. You should have seen her list. It was Oregon, Oregon State, Washington, and then like one other West Western school. And that was like no Connecticut, no Baylor, no Texas. That really like that was alarming. I was like, what? What is this? She was the number four player in the country. Usually top four players in the country got those people on their list and maybe the occasional Maryland. Maybe the occasional Stanford or South Carolina. She didn't have none of those people on there. She had Oregon, Oregon State, Washington. That's that's insane. I think Washington State, maybe. I'm like, what? Really? Anyway, then she won the All-American MVP. <laughs> and I was like, yo, okay. Now she really got my attention. Then she just had an amazing college career, like averaged like a tri- triple-double. It's just crazy. Then she signed with Nike. I'm telling you, that that Kobe stamp took her even a step further. She signed with Nike, and she's going to make a lot of money because she is one of the most popular female athletes in the country. So it don't even matter what she's making at WNBA. The money she's going to make from Nike is going to last her a lifetime. I'm happy for her. She deserves it. She's been balling out. But as far as the New York Liberty, I saw this coming from a mile away for like a year. All year, I knew Liberty were going to pick her. They already got Asia Durr from last year. They got Kia Nurse. Thought they were going to have Tina Charles, but guess what? They traded her to the Washington Mystics, the champs. Yeah, that's what I'm talking about. It's easy. Well, I'll get to that later. But Asia Durr? Sabrina Inescu, that is a dangerous guard combo. If they can get a team around them, it is really over. It is a wrap. But I'm not expecting that anytime soon. I think they're about two or three years away, maybe more. For now, they're just going to be fun to watch. Everyone's going to be wanting to see Sabrina Inescu. Every time the Liberty play, the attendance is going to go up. She's just one of them players. And then um, two more picks that stood out to me. Well, the other Oregon players. Other Oregon players, Um, they got Satu Sabali and the other girl, uh, Hubbard. Yes, 
Ruthie Hubbard. I'm like, really? They got three players in the top ten. This is like some OU football type of stuff. Three players in the top ten. That's crazy. And we didn't get to see them in the tournament. Now, the closest we were going to get was last year when they made it to the championship and lost to Baylor, um, who had two lottery picks of their own. One in last draft, one in this draft. Well, I wish we could have saw them. It looked like Oregon was amazing. I guess I got YouTube. I could just look at YouTube and see how good this team really was. It's just crazy, man. Um, Kennedy Carter to Atlanta. I'm looking at their squad, and I was like, they got Ebony Williams. They got um got the girl's name, but they're going to be crazy. They're going to be crazy. Kennedy Carter averaged 22 a game in college. She's just one of them, like, Allen Iverson type. She could just take over a game and just score at will. She's going to be very exciting to watch in Atlanta. Very exciting. And just like just like Trey Young going to Atlanta, but I can't root for them, though, because they're in the same conference as the Mystics. Well, well, they all play each other three, four times. I don't think there is any conference anymore. But, nah, you can't. She can't do well against my Mystics, not at all. But I'm excited to see her play. We'll see. Now I'm going to get to, oh, before I get to the Mystics draft picks, you got the Agumake sisters. Apparently, there's four of them. I didn't even know there was three of them. There's four of them. There's four of them. And a third one just made the WNBA. This third one, Erica, right? She goes from, she got picked by the Liberty. Looked like she's going to be in that young core with uh, Sabrina Inescu and Asia Dorakia Nurse and, and Megan Walker. Looked like it, but then she wasn't. And she got traded to the Lynx. Either way, that's that's incredible. Three sisters in the WNBA. And they got a fourth one who's a senior at Rice. I think she started somewhere else. But she's a senior at Rice. I'm just looking at it. I'm like, I think Erica is a 5'9 guard who averaged 17 and 10. So that's kind of Russell Westbrook type of stuff. Well, maybe not the assist, but I don't know. Like, she's solid. She's solid, and I want to see how she does. I need to watch more of her and see how she's going to do in this league. But uh, she got the right influences, man. She keep working with her big sisters. Who knows what she can do. And if three of them made it, I think Olivia can make it too. That's the youngest one. We'll see. And hopefully she's on the Mystics. But something tells me all four of them, are going to be on the sparks at eventually. I think so. You got two bigs and you got two guards. I can't wait to see that. All four of them on the sparks? That would be unprecedented. And then if they play against the uh, Liberty, you got the four Gumake sisters. Gumake. I might not be saying the name right, but. Versus Sabrina Nescu, Megan Walker, Asia Durr. Like, that would be insane if it ever happens. We probably have to wait a while. The day that happens is probably the day I'm going to see a OU-LSU rematch, which probably ain't going to happen till 2027 when it's scheduled to happen. <laughs> but I'm getting off topic, though. It's, it's, it's a good draft. The, the Mystics picked 
they didn't have a first round pick, whatever, we're the champs. <laughs> uh, but in the second round, they got Jalen Agnew from Creighton, who scored 43 on Georgetown, and she averaged 20 and 6. Looking at her, from what I noticed, she's 5'11 and got a 6'3 wingspan. She shot 37% from three, but the thing is, though, Satusa Bali shot 37% from three, and she's a big. But still, that's pretty good. That's pretty good. She's like Clay Thompson. That's what I saw. She got the long arms, can defend, and she's a great shooter and can get hot. That's that's a great fit, especially with us losing um, Christy Tolliver. Especially with us losing Christy Tolliver. We definitely need some more shooting, and I, I'll take that. Clay Thompson? All she needs is a great guard beside her, and it's a wrap. Speaking of good point guard that will feed her the ball, Sug, Shug Sutton. Her name is Shug. Well, her real name is Alicia. All-American in high school. I think she was in the same All-American game as Sabrina and Askew. Obviously, she was invisible. She was the start of... Sabrina and Askew was the star of the show. But still, not bad. I mean, she didn't score... She didn't have a field goal against OU. She's from Texas, right? She didn't have a field goal against OU. She was 0 for 11. What? If you know OU women's basketball, they've been terrible the last about four years. They've been horrible, especially the last two. Didn't have a field goal. But the first game against them at OU, no points, five assists, four rebounds, four steals. That's actually not too bad. She starts, by the way. Started both games against OU, six points, six turnovers, four assists, two rebounds. Mm, that's that's kind of dread, dreadful. But she's a good all-around player, so I can see why she still got picked. So I could I could see why she still got picked, and what, um, what Mike Tebow said was need a a good solid guard that'll come in and push the veterans. It sounds good to me. And Ariel Atkins went to Texas too, and she played with Shug. So if I think if Ariel gets her under her wing and Shug comes in here ready to work and works hard and plays hard and, and fits into our rotation, she'll definitely make it on our team in the WNBA. She has potential, but I don't know. It's going to be tough. It's going to be tough. I look at the depth chart. It's not many guards. She has a chance. She has a chance. She's kind of like a, a Pat Beverly, Jason Kidd type. And I'll take that. I'll take that. If she helps our team, I'm cool with that. <laughs> um, for real. Now, now, what I also watched was the 2007 OU Texas game, which had OU winning 28-21 just a lot of back and forth it kind of reminded me of this year's game it's a game that OU to me pretty much had control of man that DeMarco Murray run where he hurtled his own tackle and just sped past the safety he just burnt him 
Like, he was gone. <laughs> I, I rewinded that run like five times. I was like, Lord Jesus, man. Because that's when that gets shown every other year or, or every year as a memorable OU Texas moment. And man, that was a hell of a run. Uh, I just like how uh, Jermichael Finley from Texas and no. Yeah, yeah. Jermichael Finley. And um, Jermaine Gresham from OU, they was, they was battling. They was going head to head. They was going off. It was a good battle. They both had two touchdowns. I swear they did not want to guard Gresham in the red zone, and Jermichael Finley looked like T.O. Yeah, that game was great, man. That was the only time we beat Colt McCoy. And we we yeah a lot of opportunities to put that game away, especially in the fourth quarter. We just kept running the ball; they couldn't stop us. And yet, we we out here missing field goals. We out here, uh, getting holding penalties, stupid holding penalties. It like I said, it reminded me of this year's game where we had control of it, yet we give Texas all these opportunities. It was just ridiculous. But it was still fun to watch, and I enjoyed it, and I'm glad we won. I'm just, I just wish they would have won in 08, 09. But, hey, I, I was a freshman in 2010, and we won. So, yeah. <laughs> I loved it. Um, you got to, y'all got to watch these old games. These old games are great. Like, check it out. Check it out. Like, it, it's it's like that. There's so many, so many to choose from, so many to watch from different seasons, and even from last year. It's, it's nice. So, my hypothetical game of the week, new segment, new segment, my hypo, hypothetical game of the week is 2019 LSU versus 2019 Ohio State. Now, this new segment, Hypothetical Game of the Week, is where I take teams from history and I just think, what if? It's like whatifsports.com, which I have free promotion. Whatifsports.com, which I, I use to uh, kind of help me with this matchup. I put it through this um, game simulator called What If Sports. And I try to do like a best of seven, like home and home and all that. LSU won four in a row. They swept them. The first game was 48 to nothing, which sounded ridiculous to me. I don't know. I'm like, how did that happen? LSU's defense is capable of stopping Ohio State that many times that they put up a donut? No, I, I don't think so. I don't think so. Not at all. But, you know, the other games were, were pretty much close, and one of the games were in overtime. I think it was the, the third game went to overtime. So, but in every game, Justin Jefferson had over 100 yards receiving. He killed them. I mean, the system must have been updated because when I ran through the simulations weeks ago, Ohio State won two out of three. So I don't know what will happen. 
or maybe they came to their senses and was like, oh, maybe LSU is a better team. But I don't know because I'm looking at these stats. I looked at these stats, and LSU's number one in total offense. Ohio State's number three. And Ohio State is number five in rushing, but number 26 in passing. And I think LSU was like 60th in rushing, but of course they're like top 10 in passing. I, I don't I don't know. Um, Justin Fields, 32-73 yards passing, 3,273 yards passing, 41 touchdowns, three interceptions, 484 yards rushing, another 10 touchdowns. Dobbins had 2,000 yards rushing. Like, this team was very, very well-balanced. They were number four in the country in total defense. Very well-balanced on paper. And it's a good coaching matchup. I mean, Ryan Day and and his staff and LSU, Joe Brady and freaking um Dave Aranda like it's man you talking about a battle I mean yeah what if sports have them sweeping it's a lot closer than I think but still I got LSU winning 31-24 this uh hypothetical game of the week this time goes to 2019 LSU by seven I think Joe Burrow, last two minutes, game-winning throw to Jamar Chase, even with Jeff Fakuda covering him. I just think, yeah, I just think they, they'll they find a way to win. It's just an all-time great team. And if, man, if Trevor Lawrence was running on Ohio State's defense the way he was, then just imagine – what Joe Burrow would have done, a guy who runs more than Trevor Lawrence. Just imagine what he would have done. But yet still, I don't think maybe against Auburn have they seen a pass rush like Ohio State. Have they seen a secondary like Ohio State? See, Auburn gave LSU trouble because they were really physical with their receivers. And... They kind of made it. They made it tough on them, especially on in the first half. And they had a D line that was crazy. And I think Ohio State is built kind of similarly, and they have a better offense. And Auburn gave them a lot of trouble. But still, I think LSU has enough to win that game. I always wonder who will win that game. And that's who I got. Who knows if they played for real? Who knows? Maybe Ohio State wins. But I, I I don't think so. I don't think so. But I think they were the best equipped to beat LSU that season. Oh, well. Oh, well. Now let's get to the last dance. The last dance, I loved it. I mean, it's a 10-part documentary. Parts 1 and 2 was yesterday. Um, what I got was, so basically it went through 
the stuff we already know, like six championships, six years, six out of eight. Yeah, we know that. Showed a little bit of Jordan's time at, at North Carolina, how Roy Williams challenged him from day one, and Jordan just accepted it. And it's like, you know, I'm going to get better every day. I come here to be the best player ever. Best player in school history. Best player ever. He had that mindset from day one. And uh, his coaches fed it fed into that well at least Roy Williams did initially and then um even Jordan knows the system of North Carolina kind of slowed him down but no nah, no nah, but no nah, it was very good though it was very good uh Jerry Krause just got destroyed the GM of the Bulls during that time he got demolished man what Nobody liked Jerry. Pippen was killing him. Jordan was killing him. Phil was killing him. That a hey, that meeting they had and Jerry Krause said, "You can go eighty-two and zero, and you still wouldn't coach next year." That's insane. Why would you say that? That doesn't make any sense. Is the beef? I was the the beef was really that deep. It's just too much, man. Like, I think the format of the show was this. Like, they'll start the 98 season. Like, they started preseason. Okay, you got their rings. They went to Paris. Yada, yada. Then Pippen with the surgery thing. He waits until October to get his surgery. Jordan disagreed with it. Uh, Pippen said he didn't want to mess up the summer. I think that was just another dysfunctional thing between him and ownership and Kraus and they had a contract dispute should he have gotten the surgery earlier well I think so but hey it didn't happen didn't happen he sat out for a while and they showed that the Bulls struggled at first they lost like they were like six and five at one point they lost to the Cavs who were okay they lost to the they lost to the Wizards, who were pretty much like the Wizards now, kind of like that eighth, ninth seed in a struggling East. They had Jawan Howard, they had Chris Webber. The Bulls were a better team, okay, and yet the Wizards came in the with their new name. They had just gotten the name Washington Wizards. They were just the Bulls like months before. They beat them. They beat them, but the Bulls didn't lose to them anymore after that. But the fact that they lost to them that first game was crazy. Lost to the Suns. They almost lost to the Clippers, who was the worst team in the league. They lost to the Sonics. Man, they was just, they were struggling. And Jordan was carrying the load, and he didn't have Pippen because Pippen was out a bunch of games at the beginning of the season because he had that surgery. I don't know when he came back. All I know is they was dying. So... They're at that point of the season in two parts. They're in that part of the season, kind of like the November-ish part where they starting out without Pippen. So in between all of that, as they're going along with the season, they kind of flash back. They flash back to when Jordan was in college. They flash back to when Jordan was a kid and talk about his brother and his, uh, and his dad and his mom had that college letter. His mom does look pretty young. It's another black don't crack thing. And on Twitter, 
all the ladies on Twitter love Mrs. Jordan. They're like, oh, drop that skin routine. You know, you look good and yada, yada, yada. Yeah, look great. Yeah, she, she looks young. She, I didn't know she's 79. That's that's impressive. I had to give it to you. That's Dolores Jordan doing great. Doing great. And you have a fan base by the way, if you ever decide to indulge in this social media thing, you got a fan base, but she probably won't. I don't know. I mean, it's 2020, man. Anything could happen. <laughs> but, man, I, I enjoyed the 84 Bulls, <laughs> the traveling cocaine circus, and how Jordan walked in on them smoking weed and uh, snorting cocaine and having the girls over. And uh, that was yo, that was crazy, man. Um, how they said Obama was a, a regular Chicago resident, which that was controversial, but actually it isn't because he really was a regular Chicago resident, a college student back then. And he said he couldn't afford to go to Bulls games once Jordan got popular. Kind of reminds me of how Zion's gonna be. How those games are cheap. I've, those games are cheap now, but once Zion gets more popular in the NBA, I mean those tickets gonna be a hundred, two hundred dollars. Even in college, man, to watch Zion versus Michigan State was three hundred dollars at least. We'll we'll get to that point in the NBA. Just watch. Jerry Krause is so short. That's the first thing I noticed. I'm like, this guy's a midget. He, oh, he's short and fat. If you're short and fat as a guy, you're going to get cooked automatically. Like that, rest in peace, Jerry Krause. But if you're short and fat, you automatically getting cooked. That's just how society works. I don't even know why. But unless you're like popular, even if you're popular, they're going to cook you. That's just how it is. That's just how it is. Oh, and I was looking through some of those um, box scores on probasketballreference.com. <laughs> Another free promotion, by the way. In that game versus the Clippers in which they almost lost and went to double overtime, Jordan had 49, yeah, but Luke Longley had 22 and 17. What? Man, that's insane. That's insane. That, you know, that's when you, you, they say he needed help. Like, Jordan was looking for help that game, but Longley came through. Like, he, he was soft. Now, another thing is, uh, I like that story of when Jordan was playing against the Pacers, and it was right after he was out all that time with the foot injury, and you know how players do. You know how coaches do and doctors do players um come back from an injury they'll put him on a minutes restriction so they put this guy on a minutes restriction put michael jordan on a minutes restriction 86 and 14 minutes a game they had a stopwatch and right at 14 minutes they'll take him out every game this pacers game however they reached his minutes restriction it was 21 seconds to go in the game it's 21 seconds going a game. Or maybe it was like less than that. I don't remember. All I know is 
the time's winding down. The Bulls were down one. Jordan was cooking. He got him back in the game. And his minutes were up. And why Jerry Krause or Reinsdorf? I mean, they both they both bad. But they came down and told the coach at the time, if you play Jordan a minute longer, you're fired. And Jordan was like, man, what? Man, it's, it's only like 20 seconds to go, man. Just put me in there. Of course, it didn't happen. The coach straight up said, if I put you in there, I lose my job. What? This is with the playoffs on the line and everything. But uh, look at God. Paxson hits the game-winning shot. Playoffs alive. Another thing that's funny about 86 is that the, the, Wiz- the Bulls made the playoffs at 30 and 52. Now, the Wizards, the Wizards this year, before before coronavirus postponed the season, were like 24 and 42, something like that. They were like 24 and 44. They were in the ninth spot. They could have easily, they could have possibly made the playoffs, but they were like five games back or more. Maybe more than that. Just imagine this Wizards team making the playoffs and having to play the Bucks, who are who are on pace to win like sixty-seven games, just like the Celtics back then. I was like, man, the more things change, the more things stay the same. <laughs> I was like, dang. So that's nothing new. Bulls really made the playoffs at 30 and 52 and had to play one of the best teams ever. Yeah. Of course they got swept, but of course they talked about the 63 point game because, you know, have you ever tried to play with the Chicago Bulls of 1986 on NBA 2K? It is the worst. Everyone sucks. Second unit, unplayable. How do you even use them? <laughs> How do you even use them? They trash, but man, I can understand why Jordan had to put the team on his back like that. Sheesh. And Rick Carlisle made an appearance because he couldn't check Jordan. I don't blame you. <laughs> it is hard. It is very hard. So they brought up the story of him getting cut from the JV team as a freshman. Man, he was a freshman. I know it's hard to make uh, hard to make varsity. No, cut from varsity as a freshman. Yeah, it's hard to make varsity as a freshman sometimes, unless you're like just like that. But then he came back. He must work really hard because he went from that to All American. His last two years, he was a show. Like he was a he was the most popular player in North Carolina. Everyone packed the gyms to see him. My dad told me because um, my dad went to a rival school of Michael Jordan. So they played them twice a year. So he got to see them. The gym was packed. Rightfully so. You got really good high school basketball players playing. It's going to bring a crowd. You don't got to say that much. Man, it's just it's just impressive. Like it kind of reminds me of a. Uh, when I didn't make the freshman team as a freshman. And I was like, dang, what do I have to ask the coach? What do I have to do to get better? They told me. And then I didn't do it. All I did, okay, I stood on it. They told me what I had to do. They told me I had to stand out more. 
And then, then what I do? Nothing. I didn't pick up another basketball. I didn't pick up a basketball again till January in PE. Not even January. I think it was March. Like, yeah, that'll definitely get me on the team. <laughs> Not playing basketball and again until March. Yeah, that, that helps. Um, I just turned the football workouts and I got bigger and stronger through football. And then I did track. And then basketball dreams were over. It's the same thing that happened in college when I tried to do football. Like, I let them turn me away. I thought I was going to work harder, and I just end up not doing anything. I just end up quitting. No. Like, Jordan shows you you got to work hard every day. You got to have people that push you. That's another thing. Like, I was trying to do all the stuff myself. When you got people who push you, that's when you'll get better faster. And it helps you because I'm sure there were days Jordan didn't want to work out. There's days he didn't want to play basketball, but it was people pushing him and helping him and reminding him that he's great and that he wants to be the best. That's what you need. That's it. And it's tough, man, especially tough for me because, you know, what I'm saying I have to keep to myself and try to do everything myself. But it's hard to you, sometimes you need help. And that's what I learned from there, from the last dance. That's a life lesson I learned from there. Okay, another thing I saw, last thing. This just happened recently. I just saw this before I recorded the show. Tim Floyd said ownership wanted him after 95-96. Just imagine, you went 72-10. and 10. You only lost three games in the playoffs. But ownership wants to replace you with Tim Floyd right after that. Come on, man. After learning that, the owner looks just as bad as the GM. They were too arrogant, man. They were way too arrogant. They could have won another title. They could have delayed rebuilding. Now, sure, there weren't very many good picks in in the early 2000s. But who knows? They might have messed around. Got LeBron in 2003. Like, just because they, they delayed rebuilding, they probably they might would have got some better value for their players. And then you add somebody like LeBron James. I'm talking about a whole different story. Or they could have got, like, Dwight Howard and pair him with Carmelo Anthony. Like, stuff like that. But they couldn't do it because they, they delayed because they rebuilt it. They rebuilt too fast. And the GM and owner didn't know what they were doing. And they didn't get it together until Derrick Rose. Took them a while. Put them in a hole for like 10 years, 11 years. And hey, that's what happened. But I like this documentary so far. I don't have to binge watch it. Which uh, raises the anticipation and incitement for this. And I just can't wait. I just can't wait for these next eight episodes. And apparently Dennis Rodman. Apparently Dennis Rodman um, is supposed to be featured in this third one. So can't wait to see that. Because he got his own documentary and that was enjoyable. But yeah, man. For now, I'm out. Peace. Thanks for listening to another episode of the Goat Level Podcast. 
Make sure you share, subscribe, and get money.